This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Hey there, hope you're well. I've got a killer conversation with the brothers from Warrior Within to share with you on this installment of the show. You'll be hearing from Tass and Toli Hadoulis. I invited the guys onto the show because I'm very impressed with what they're up to. They've got two new singles in market right now, Pagan Spirit and Last Blaze of the Phoenix. You can check them out at Bandcamp and on streaming services. And if you dive into their back catalogue, you don't have to go too far. 2020 was the year that they released an EP called In Light Act 2. And in 2018, there was another EP called In Darkness Act 1. So here they are, Tass and Toli Hadoulis from the outfit Warrior Within. Lads, I appreciate the opportunity to have a chat because I've been following you for some time. And, and the other thing too is I actually appreciate the support you've given me with the posts. You know, you've liked posts and stuff. I, I do take notice of that sort of stuff. Um, because there's a lot of that, I've got to say, it, there's a lot of that pissing about in the local scene where local bands don't want to support local content creators or other bands and all of that sort of stuff. And I see what goes on and, and I've got no interest in literally any of that sort of stuff because I see it as part of my role to sort of uplift and empower, especially when it comes to a killer band like you guys. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, we, we, we have noticed that. Um, sort of a bit surprising since we got back into the scene because um, we've been sort of off and on with it for a long time. In the earlier days, it was more... More um, supportive, you know. It was more the three-band lineup. Everyone mm. kind of in knowing each other. Um, everyone was there before the first band and uh, there to the last second up gear. And and if there was support, there were flies in the day and you know all sorts of stuff. But today, it's sort of, I don't know, a bit um, insular, I think. And it's nice to see people like you doing it right and you know having it having good presence, consistency, quality, supporting good bands. And you know, vice versa. So, mm. yeah, thank you for having us. Oh, that's all good. That's all good. And and talking about uh, the topic of quality, you guys are delivering nothing but quality, old school, head banging, riffing heavy metal the way that Satan himself intended. That's the only way I can summarise it because uh, I was listening to you guys. I've been listening to you guys for a fair bit. You know, Spotify is where your main presence is. And uh, so you've got you've got these two uh, relatively new singles. You've got Pagan Spirit and Last Blaze of the Phoenix. Now, I think, I think you're, you're, as I say, your, your work has always been imbued with quality, but I think you've, you've truly knocked it out of the park with these last two years. So please tell me an album is somewhere on the, uh, on the near horizon. Um, I can't, we, we were sort of thinking at the beginning when we started um, recording against two albums, so we released our two EPs, building up to do an album. And then as we've been seeing social media, streaming and the like, reading a lot of our mentors, what's happened and what's happening and where things are going, mm. um, we've decided just to, at the most, release uh, EPs or singles. Um, that's the way we can get the most momentum and engagement from people because we're finding people only have so much um, focus. So if you release a 10-song album, so, uh, no, 10 song album have a single that comes out of that and maybe another song that might catch people because they only listen so far and then they're off mm. to the next band. But social media just tempts them. If something else comes up mm. and boom, they're off. Right. Um, unless you get your core fans, which which is the, the aim. But um, just to build up a good following, we find 
it doesn't seem to be working, um, putting all the sweat and guts and money and time in 10 songs or 12 songs and only getting maybe two two full songs really getting recognised and the others sort of like, which are just as absolutely good but not really getting or, much traction. Or just yeah. only a few months worth exposure because your album comes out and then once you've hit you know, the two-month mark, radios, gears, oh, that's old, we, we don't want to play that. So for the interim, for the moment, it seems to be the best strategy for us to release a song, have the next amount of presence out there, then release another one, which does kind of feel weird for us because we're yeah. from that generation. You know, you buy a vinyl, you sit down and listen to the whole whole slab in one one sitting, read the lyrics. Mm. It is a little bit odd for us to be you know, not doing it the way we kind of intend to do it, had intended to do it at the beginning. Um, mm. But that's not to say that we're not going to release uh, big you know, full albums full in the album. future, but we're sort of going sort of, mm. you know, sort of uh, song by song at the moment, see how we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great response to the question. Now, that's that's just my own desire because I would love to listen to a uh, to a full, to, to, you know, to, to your point there, nine or ten tracks in a row from you guys as you guys had crafted it, given that you have come from a similar generation to myself and that we grew up listening to albums. But the answer that you've given there around... You know, you, you're you're an underground band, you're an indie outfit, and there's honestly probably no point in releasing albums at this point in time. And it's it's something that I've talked about a lot on the podcast. And it's not just it's yeah. not just underground bands, man. It's it's major bands, bands that have been around for years that are sort of flipping out or releasing just singles and testing the water because the the issue these days is uh, Spotify or let's just call it social media playlists because there's a bunch of them out there these days and yep. they ignore the album so and when you get the and when you get the deep dive of the analytics in it turns out in some cases you might have sort of twenty thousand listens or what have you and this is nothing against the artist whatsoever but the average listen time and this is key of that one track if it's a three and a half or four four minute long track people on average have listened to it for a minute and a half and it's like what the hell like so what are they doing like getting to the verse and the chorus and then they think they've heard it all and flipping to the next one yeah yeah it's it's a stimulus overload that's our generation current generation is all doing the same thing uh that's interesting because talk to many different musicians and it's happening everywhere that's that's the norm like what you just said so Mm. videos or music that's the norm so I think if you've grown up with a band, you hold a different um, thing. It gets into your DNA in a different way and you revere them in a different way. So say a new Exodus album comes out, you'll devour every song of it. But mm. if a smaller local band releases something of equal quality, we'll take a track here, a track there, and then when another video comes out, we might track, take another track and give it attention. We won't, we won't give all of everything they release in one go attention for some reason. Because we, mm. we, I don't know, as we step we're too scattered and we we just all, you know, like moths to the flame, just going where our attention is taken. Yeah, there's a lot of stimulus out there and there's a lot of temptation. So whatever particular platform people are watching, there's just so much coming at them. I, I don't know how that goes up because usually songs are on playlists. So mm. it'll be like a 50-song playlist, similar genre, similar feel, all excellent bands, some underground, some full-on, you know, up there, arena fillers. And there's no reason you would skip to the next song yeah. or like, you know, Spotify won't throw in a suggestion if you're listening to a playlist. So I don't know where that trend is coming from on such things like Spotify. Mm. I can see it on um, YouTube 
because a lot of people do watch YouTube and listen by yeah. that way. But, um, you know, things come up on the side and I'll read some and it'll tempt them and I'll hop off and yeah. go off and to see what Dark yeah. Angel are doing all of a sudden, you know. But um, I don't know. I don't, it's just it's odd for me because I listen to a song in its entirety and, and, and an album. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I do too, I've got to say. Uh, you know, we, as I say, we grew up in an era where when, when Euthanasia came out by Megadeth, we listened to that shit for like six months straight. It was just oh, what, yeah. you know, you know yeah. what I mean? It's just what we did, and we got familiar with every song right the way through to, uh, what was the last song? Um, Not Even Close. I can't remember the name of the song, but you guys probably know yeah. it. But, uh, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. You become familiar with all of Marty Friedman's solos, and, and, and I think that... Yeah, everything, and the generation now just don't understand that because it's more about. And I think the Spotify CEO talked about it, and whilst I, I don't, I don't, I listen to Spotify because I have to. It's just never been my preferred way of, of consuming content. But he talked about these days the, the the whole thing about bands releasing albums, then going on tours, and then the interview cycle. So the, the, of course that's done. We all know it's been done for about a decade and a half. But these days, if you're not spending he alluded to this he didn't say this directly but and this is a good point that i'll ask you guys about because you do have a good socials presence so on that point spending a lot of your time producing content for people all the time too so do you find that the social media side of things because you do have a strong presence on social media yeah 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 it takes up more of your time than you want absolutely and we're just talking about it today you're treating it like a business not just as a musician and that's my frustration because I need space in life to be able to write and think and sit down grab a guitar and if I'm just feeling it all the time with the back end of the band mm. it's sort of and then yep. you've got your full time job as well mm. um, yeah it takes a lot of time and there is a lot of work on the yep. side doing that because of that uh, nature of people just consuming yep. in that way and you know in the past we used to be a lot more frequent with posts and you know, we do have a belief that if you're going to put something out there, it's got to be a quality something with so good imagery, yeah. good artwork. Yeah. And, you know, we do our own Photoshopping and X, Y, Z, which takes an X amount of time. Mm-hmm. So it was getting to the certain point where uh, it was like, well, I'm spending more time in front of the computer than playing the bass. And my yeah. bass playing, writing songs is where my heart is. Why am I sitting in front of Photoshop for something like that? Yeah, so it's been a balancing act and the more and more we go to it. And that, again, goes to why we're releasing the singles. It just gives more balance, more time on the guitar than sort of working on the business. Especially at a time where you can't get exposure more regularly by playing because, you Mm. know, before this time we had at least, you know, a gig a month. So you're out there um, connecting with the fans on a face-to-face basis very regularly. Um, so now we're thinking, well, if you can't do that by hitting the stages, well, let's get a song out there sort of for that almost same frequency sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every three months or so, song out there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's also sort of adapting to the times and how things are working. Yeah, very true. Yeah, adapting to the times, the way things are working and just sort of trying to find a meaningful way to plug into that. And But also, you, I love the point about balance too, you know, finding that balance between doing what we love because I'm a musician too just playing I mean I'd, I'd give yeah. if, if we could all be sort of guaranteed a relatively you know a decent audience I don't know what, what a decent audience is these days but if you're playing at Soul Bar there on Ocean Street and 150 people yep. turn up to watch you guys yep. and maybe two other bands I mean that would be a killer night <laughs> I mean I'll probably be there for a start but um, 
Just just around back, I love what you guys are doing with the artwork. So is that you guys that are taking care of that? So I'm talking about the um, the album art that you've done for Last Blades of the Phoenix and also Pagan Spirit or album art, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've always loved great album covers and we were sort of uh, reserving the idea to do it for albums. So when we did the uh, EPs, we kept it simple, straight to the point, sort of underground uh, and gritty. But then when we were going to produce albums, we are going to get some great art for us. Um, we are artists, but we chose not to go down that path. Uh, it would mm. take me forever to produce that. Mm. So we just started um, sort of uh, looking around for artists that were in our sort of style and feel. And we found Alvaro in Spain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we used him um, for the future as well. So we're really happy with what he does and he works really well with us. Uh, he's got the real, he's got the right attitude. He's most ninety nine percent metal, so in his veins. We just grew up with great covers and continuity. You know, um, all the bands that we love had great art, and it just represents the music yeah. uh, well. So yeah, we're, we're really happy. So yeah. So, so with you guys obviously being brothers, did you get into metal at the same time, or was someone the carriage and another one of you the caboose, so to speak? Um, I I kind of got into it. It wasn't much 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 earlier, but it was probably like probably a couple of months earlier than Dolly. But metal, we got into it together. Yeah. But I got mm-hmm. to playing the guitar mm-hmm. maybe a couple yeah. of months. I was a boy, and then Dolly went. Well, a few years, but I had to save up for my bass. But um, <laughs> it was interesting. It's interesting story. It's my. It's, uh, I'll tell you the story. Tass was a young fella, and as you do when you're 12 years old, he was hitching, and uh, he was he found this white cassette without a mm. cover on the side of the street and his mate goes oh he, his mate recognised the name of the band he goes oh that's rubbish throwing them throwing the bin it's horrible stuff you, know, you, don't want to, you don't want to get involved in that stuff that- yeah, all my mate was in all the stuff for which I still loved like the oils which I worship and um, all the mm. other Aussie bands all cold chisels and all that and it was just that and if you listen to any metal you you were kind of outcast so he was like chuck it away chuck it away that's why it's on the road <laughs> I'm going, I, I need a name. And and I went, no, man, I'm checking it out when I get home. So I did. I kept it, got home, put it in the tape deck, and that was it. We heard that. Oh, that it was a number, number of the beast. And oh, we're like, nice. Well, yeah. I was like, mm. nothing to that point. I always wanted to play guitar. I was only little. And I really loved Mark Knopfler. He was always on the radio. And this just took it to the next level. Same heart and feel, just pure power and um, I just said dad dad I need the guitar lessons I need guitar lessons oh, alright alright so eventually he gave it you know he gave way and got me guitar lessons and that was it so from then yeah so we were bidden by then and you know we, all our spare money was spent on records um, yep. and eventually I afforded a bass because there was this instrument in the background on those cassettes that you just loved sounded it. awesome I mean, Steve Harris yeah. like, come on yeah <laughs> so that was, that was how I got into the bass as well yep but yeah, yeah, that's as good a point as any. That one right there, Steve Harris, him, uh, you know, Alex, uh, or oh, sorry, um, Bob Daisley, you know, those are the guys that I worship when I was a kid. And then I, and then I got, yeah. I'm a bassist too. You so see, I play guitar as well, but my main instrument that I that I adore, that I love playing, is the bass. And uh, that's why that's why I found your bass playing, mate, too. I, I, I truly enjoyed. Uh, I love the prominence of it in the music. You haven't sacrificed it. It's there, and you've yeah. got a gnarly. Yeah. A really gnarly sound. Yeah, yeah. We just love that 
really strong base. We do love punk as well, and it's always present in punk. Um, and crossover, of course, that bridges those two genres. Mm. DRI is one of our favourite bands, and Felix is the bass player. Helped that you know they carried that sound from Felix, and when he left, uh, Josh Papa, uh, Josh Papa, and then Felix carried it on. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So yeah, sorry, Josh Papa. Yeah, and that sound is just that we call it like a bouncing ball. It's just, you can always hear it. Yeah, and Ollie always strive for that. You know, he'd get a bass and. It just didn't sound it, and they just play with pickups, play with his action, play with his string gauges, the type of material uh, mm. uh, so strings are made out of it. You've just got it down pat. Yeah, and it's one of those things where uh, I think we think it gives a, a, a better, a, a, for our music at least, a, a good dimension. It's not just a guitar-driven sound. Only. Yeah. It's, mm. a, it's a little bit more layered. And um, the beauty is that we only have one guitar, so the, the bass doesn't have to fight this big no. wall of, of guitars on top. Yep. Mm. So no, for us, I think it really works. Mm. It works well. No, that's fine. That's all good. No, it works well, and you do it well. And uh, totally, you can, pl- you can clearly, clearly play the four string too, so you're not just hammering away on the E string, you know, uh, from the, from the uh, note of A and using the uh, five notes beneath it just to sort of carve out something. I can hear you doing some runs as well. And uh, I, I think that alludes to another point is that the band has, the band's music has that, and I call it the psychic connection, that only brothers have. So do you guys, when you're writing music, do you often come up with similar ideas and go, wow, how did, how did each of us come up with this? Yeah, we do have a very similar style. There are yeah. differences which make uh, for variety, uh, yet when you hear it in the piece, mm. they just work as one. And I think that is because of our relationship. We've got, a, as you said, I think psychic relationship or that very um, sort of um, subconscious connection. Mm. So, yeah, absolutely. There is a definite flowing connection, uh, which I have heard a lot of bands take many years to get by being together to get that mm. flow but being brothers we had that right from the yeah. beginning and I think there is that magic of similarity but enough difference between our songwriting that, that as Tacity gives that variety yeah. it's not too samey all yeah. the time mm. so how do the yeah. other guys go fitting in with what you guys do so your drummer and your vocalist oh man they work so well like we've had a few drummers now um, Scotty's been here from the beginning and they just work so well with us and we're just a, a great sort of team in that sense. So we'll, we'll have the music written. It can evolve after we've written it. Bits might change here or there. And um, we'll be working with the drummer. Um, we'll throw him the, the main song. We'll jam over it and then he'll, he'll just be throwing his drums in. And Tom, Tom is our new drummer. And the guy's just got such a diverse listening base like we do. We're just, he's just fitting the band like a glove, like from soft music to extreme death metal. And he's, he's from the death metal scene in uh, Florida and he migrated here. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. 20 years. Yeah, 20, 20 years ago, I think yeah, it was. 16, 20 years. Yeah, like that. 20 years ago. So, okay. yeah, and... Um, just the chops he comes up from traditional to intricate. He understands the music. He really gets the music, and we're just loving working with him. And we just massage it with him, um, you know, pull it down, go up, and he'll just come out with stuff and just knock, knock it out mm. of the park. So, man, that's it. You won't. Yeah. <laughs> Don't change mm. it. So 
Yeah, we're loving it. And Scott's got his great approach. He's he's uh, always had such a strong hunger and energy um, for the style. Uh, he's a bit younger than us. He's ten years younger, so mm. he's kind of got a cross cultural influence too. So he comes with his own sort of uh, set of influences as well, which is um, a strong contribution to us as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing that. I'm hearing like it sounds like a very cohesive environment you guys have got. Um, so, and you're saying so the drummer, drummer being from Florida, that that is in itself is very interesting because I reckon that scene. Because I'm 43, so the biggest imprint in my youth would have to be that scene, that Floridian death metal scene, Morbid Angel, who were probably my favourite band, Deicide, Obituary, Cannibal Corpse, yep. Monstrosity, yep. so many uh, vital remains, all of these killer acts and the like. So, was he playing? Was he old enough to have been yeah. playing with it, with those sort of guys? He was gigging at that time, and he's played with a lot of them. Um, I think it was called the Golden Mug. Well, there's a uh, major, there the were brass two major mug. Venues. Yeah, the Brass Mug. The Brass Mug. Yeah, yeah, the Brass Mug. Was that, and there's another one. Um, the lady's name is Maisie's or something or other. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember. But, but yeah, yeah those two venues that were the two go places. All the bands went through them, and he played in with his band, underground band, supporting, you know, Butchery and all the like. So he'd been there, done that. Yeah. He was studying um, sound engineering from that age too as well. So he's a sound engineer. He's got his own studio in Noosa. So, yeah, so he's always been really heavily involved with the scene. And, and if, if he wasn't... On the stage, he, he was also doing, he was working for big, like big, big um, music production companies, you know, for like seriously big bands. Mm. And um, so, yeah, he was doing stage sound for big bands when he wasn't playing himself. Yeah, so, so. he's had that strong influence of that death scene. Mm. Uh, and thrash, he's, he's primarily a thrasher who, who, who grew huh. into thrash as, 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 and to death as death emerged. So, mm. and that's us, that's us to a T. You know, we grew up in that uh, emergence from new wave of British heavy metal to thrash emergence and then death uh, emergence. So, you know, our, one of our favourite bands of all time that we feel has strong influence is Obituary. You take the vocals out of that, it's, it's like uh, yeah. thrash with Black Sabbath. Like, you, you can't explain it better than that. They've got just some, all their um, slower sections of pure Sabbath obituary style but then they go into this thrash mm. element yeah. and then you just mm. throw Tardy's vocals on top and you've just got the annihilation of obituary so yeah that's something that's always really really influenced us uh, the interesting um, sort of songwriting that they do the melodies and that whole area Florida had that pretty much as you said Morbid Angel and Carcass and so yeah mm -hmm. Tom comes with those type of chops and uh, we just love playing with it. We really, really enjoy playing with Tom. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It sounds cohesive. It sounds like everybody's on on yeah. the same page or, or thereabouts. So, have you have you obviously with COVID, you haven't been able to do too much. But in terms of playing live shows and, and getting out there and spreading the word, of I'm pretty sort of set in my ways insofar as metal needs to be played live, and I'd love to see you guys live. So, is there yeah. plans afoot to play? Oh, for sure, man. Like before COVID, we had a plan of one gig a month and that was happening. And of mm. course, things have changed. So, so um, yeah, we're looking to we'll get uh, Tom up to speed. He's probably got almost a support set now, probably short of a couple of songs. Mm -hmm. And um, then we're looking to hit up, you know, um, just the local scene, uh, Brisbane, 
and yeah, um, and yeah the eleven bar, the eleven well. bar, Richardall that's opened up now. So, um, that's and, right. Yeah, it is too. Yeah, yeah. See what happens um, with interstates because we'd really love to play Sydney and Melbourne. We had our tour, uh, we were on our tour when COVID hit and we had to just cancel that. Mm. So we got as far as Newcastle and had to come back. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we'd like definitely by the end of the year to. But, but we love playing live. Get get out there yeah. again, yeah. We we absolutely love it. So it's, it's, you know, it's part of why we do it. Um, so yeah, yeah, we'd like to get out. But at the same token, we don't want to do it to you know, people having to stand still and not being able to mosh. So we, you know, have to do it. We're at a point where we know that the gigs are going to go ahead and there's not going to be restrictions. Yeah, something I've been finding disappointing on my end and a lot of other people that I've spoken to with these restrictions, they'll open up. You can get 150, 200 people in a venue again and then boom, they close down and then you lose the ticket, it gets rescheduled, bands drop out, different lineup comes up and then half the... The, you know the um, interest is gone. I don't want to be part of that sort of mess. You know, advertise mm-hmm. a gig and through something beyond our control, it just all collapses. So we're waiting for things to clear up a bit and I think go for that. We're hoping by the end of the year that things should be smoother sailing. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll definitely see what happens. I talk about COVID a lot on the podcast and how it impacts bands, and I think it's ridiculous the setup at the moment. With the, uh, it's a zero sum game from the perspective that. These bloody premiers, these these state leaders, want zero community transmissions off a highly infectious disease and contagious disease. It's not going to happen. We we all need to integrate at some point. Meaning, we're all going to sort of get That's it right. or a version of it or something like that. And just you can't lock down populations forever. It's we we've not had it too bad. I know we've been at least we sort of haven't really felt it, have we? Unless you needed to go out of the state. But um, That's right. it's just I don't you know. know how I mean. Me neither, and I know a lot, plenty haven't, particularly down in Victoria. Victoria has been hit the hardest, as you know. I mean, they had 100 and, uh, 112 days, I think it was, of lockdowns. It was just insanity, like three months, over three months of lockdowns. And uh, you, you get to that point, and it, it also it affects people's confidence. To your point, you very eloquently summarised, you know, you don't want to book anything and just have everything fall to shit, you know? Yeah. You want some confidence yeah. and surety that... When you book a show, that it's there and punters can turn up, you know. So yeah. So uh, what, what about with the just to go back to the social media uh, side of things again, but um, not not necessarily about content. But um, you, you do have a pretty good following. Is that is that following? Have you done the analytics of it? Is it mainly Australian, or have you got a healthy smattering across across the world of people following you? No, it's actually pretty healthy abroad and Australia. Um, from the beginning, we were focused on Australia and um, abroad. As I say, abroad, mostly Europe. Um, having grown up with metal, that comes mostly from that part of the world. Of course, America is a massive influence, um, but the, the population is so massive and so hard to break the American scene. Um, we early on said we tour in Australia, go to Europe, get a strong following, and then then tackle America later. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got all behind us, so we do have a fair bit of following actually in uh, Europe. Uh, our aim is to be going every two years overseas and doing like a six to eight week tour mm-hmm. and um, play six to eight bands, that kind of thing, uh, six to eight venues. And <clears throat> the idea was to literally just, just like you would in Australia, rent. A, uh, a mini bus and a trailer and literally do your gigs 
Yeah, around Greece across the Spain and come back. Whatever shows are in between. Yeah. Mm. So we're actually um, advertising, or not advertising, but actually uh, making sure that we covered European um, audience as well. So that we were really surprised has um, had a really good response. We've got a Greek background, so we we can um, land in Greece first, have a base in Greece, mm-hmm. and then from there lift um, and move around um, Europe. So. Mm-hmm. Um, our facts and analytics are showing um, actually Greece is top top of the um, ranking of the uh, stats there, which blew us away. We didn't think nice. that would be that uh, that um, successful. So yeah, definitely we've got a an international audience. And, and Greece has a killer heavy metal scene. Big oh, time, does it ever, man? Big like, time, incredible. They just they're so hungry. What what I love about Greece is they've got such a diverse listening taste. So they can mm. listening to pop in the morning and death metal in the afternoon, the same person. Yeah. They just love music. It's integrated yeah. into the, every part of life. And they yeah, love their massive like, heavy metal yeah. club following. They love their melodic stuff like Maiden, Gamma Ray and so on. Yeah. But yeah. they also love their Rotting Christ. They love their heavy, heavy stuff yeah. as well. It's a good mix. Yeah, that'll be killer for you guys to get over there and do that. Yeah, I'm going to love it. It's also the way they respond to the music as well because, you know, a lot of bands, when they do a live album, they often record it in Greece because the crowds go nuts. Apparently a lot of big bands say that the crowds in America are very cool. They don't sort of get into it unless, Mm. you know, there's, you know, some big event or it happens to be a special event. But they tend to hold back a little bit, whereas in Europe they just get absolutely nuts. But in particular, yeah. Greece, the Greeks just get ballistic. Yeah, that 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 Iced Earth album, that Live in Athens, Live in Athens, yeah. I think it was called. That was one of my favourite live albums for years. Yeah, yeah. There are so many of our bands that they've produced their live album out of Greece. It's in, uh, mm. Nihilator have done it, Candlemass have done it. It's like countless bands have done it, and it's like after a while. I think having Greek background, this is a pretty good positive. Yeah. Yeah. We're focused. Oh, use it. Use it, guys. I mean, if it's your heritage, I mean, by all means, you know, get over there and stir up some interest and some trouble at the same time, you know, via the live scene. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, in terms of, like, playing with local bands okay i've noticed that you're mates with the guys in Wartooth, i think it is and uh there's there's a couple of other bands there that i've noticed that that have commented on your page and stuff like that but how do you network uh with a lot of the local scene because i know the sunny i'm i'm very familiar with the sunny coast so i know there's not a there's not like a metal gig on every weekend yet alone every every month yet alone every weekend so you're having to come down to brisbane and network that way just by going to you know like a metal church gig or something like that and meeting up with people well all the bands we love we always go to the internationals that come we never miss it even if it's in the middle of the week and we have to wake up you know five o'clock tomorrow morning for work we just love going to our band so that's one we just do naturally and Mm. then you see see the familiar faces there and catch up with them but um, it's more happened since we got into the band, getting it, getting out there, playing, yeah, you know, playing on a regular basis. And we've always had the ethos to be there early, support people, be there for the mm. first opening act, and be there for the if we're we're not headlining, be there for the closing act. And um, and we always just give great support to the bands that are there whilst they're playing. You know, um, just give give good energy. You know, and I hope that get, gets 
returned, you know, and we always have that. We just really like to enjoy our night out. Yeah. And through that, we've met a lot of great people. So, um, yeah, so when we go to a gig, say we're playing with four bands, straight away we'll be, you know, supporting them, really liking their posts, sharing, befriending them, and that kind of thing. Just that just natural just networking that comes out yep. of playing a gig yep. with other bands and, and keeping that going down the line, you know, providing it is returned. It yeah. doesn't often turn, that cycle does sort of die out. So we just keep it going with the ones that do. And that that's how sort of probably what you're seeing reflected yeah. on our posts. Yeah. And, you know, we think of metal as a brotherhood and a sisterhood. Like, if you're out there, we, we've all got similar interests. So why not support each other? So if we're, you know, in a 15-band lineup at a festival, we'll be there for the very first band and we'll give them support because we, we know what it's like to be the first band as well. So and we just like to show the respect when we when we go to gigs in that sense, mm. and, and we'll be there at midnight too. You know, we'll be there right, right through the night, and I think that so the, the other bands appreciate that we're doing that for them as well. Yeah, yeah, that's such a great philosophy. What you just said then about metal being about it's a brotherhood and a sisterhood. I've I've long believed that because you know. I, I look like a regular bloke, by the way. You know, I've got an office job. I'm a journalist, this sort of thing. But, um, you know, I used to have long hair like 20 years ago, so long ago. But I, I, I always thought you always have that, that the spirit never leaves you, does it? You love the fucking music. It just, it, it's just part of who you are. And you go to and, – and, look, I've, I've, I've got the great privilege – as you know, of talking to so many of my favourite bands and so many of the bands that become awesome. favourite bands. And and I can awesome. tell you guys, yeah, well, I can tell you guys, they're all cool. Every fucking single one of them are just so cool to talk to. Yeah, it's it's, it's all in attitude, isn't it? And I think that's mm. the formula for why these bands have made it so far and for so long. Um, it's because they love it and they're good people. And, and to be, you need to be good people to keep four or five or six band members going, don't you? If, if you're at each other's throat because you're not good people, it's not going to last. No. So I think it does take a good person to be in a band that lasts and mm. also, you know, having gratitude for that. Gratitude, yeah. Um, and and I, I've, I've felt that firsthand <laughs> when I've um, spoken to and met up with guys like Phil Anselmo and Pepper Keenan and uh, Kurt from Metal Church, these guys, man. I mean, they're the first, you, walk, you, you walk in a room and they see you walking in a room and they go and grab, grab a beer for you without you even asking for it. Oh, man. You know, yeah. It's just, mate, it's yeah. just because they, they remember the interview and they just, you bonded, you connected, you talked about many things that well away from the interview and it's changed emails and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know of any genre of music that where that, that's that fostering of the brotherhood that you so eloquently said, you know, and the sisterhood yeah. occurs. And, you know, yeah. it's a heavy music and yet how many injuries and how many fights are there at metal gigs? Virtually none. And if someone falls down, they get picked up. Whereas uh, even at rock gigs, we find that there's fist fights and people trample mm. on each other. It doesn't have the metal gig. People, people care. Well, I've known, I've known plenty of um, club owners, people who've owned clubs in the valley. And um, like uh, one, one, talking to the guy who used to own XYZ there on, um, oh, what's that on? That's on Ann Street, isn't it? And uh, he was telling me, he said, the metal nights and the hardcore nights, no problem. He said, the hip hop nights, that's when things got broken and th people got hurt. 
you know, because all of the all of the tough guys, all of the tough guys trying to imitate their urban gangster heroes from the US. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know. So, but uh, lads, killer conversation from here though. Can you please tell people, like I always say this, how can people support you? Is it by purchasing? via purchasing physical product like t-shirts and cds and where can they do that yeah well we have a bandcap store so head over to our website which is uh, also should i say um facebook presence facebook site so that's mm-hmm. worry within dot trash metal dot band just put worry within band and we'll come up and hit the shop now and that'll take you to Bandcamp. we've got our merch there Yep. Yeah, you're and easily found. Yeah. 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 Easy to find. Support us on Instagram, support us on Facebook, support us on Spotify. Just, you know, by those bits of support there is, in, is, is really appreciated by us. Really is. Really yep. is. You know, probably, I'm, yeah. I'm not pissing in your pocket, but you're probably my favourite band from Queensland. So there you go. You know, favourite <laughs> local band. So. Oh, thanks so much. Really appreciate right. that. It means a lot, man. Yeah, no, I'll listen to your stuff. I listened to your stuff even before, you know, I got the idea to reach out to you for the chat because uh, I just I just love how authentic it sounds. You guys are real, you know what I mean? You, you, you're genuine, you know, bullshit, you wear your hearts on your sleeve, you're the love of heavy metal. It's just, it's all there. It's heavy metal by heavy metal fans. Exactly, exactly that. Cool, cool, cool. You know, yeah, so. Uh, well, if you like the previous releases before I singles we're remixing and remastering the first date so they they're, they're kicking ass we're yeah. about two away from finishing all those so yeah just keep an ear out for those they'll be coming out towards the end of the year or next year so we'll see how things go okay and that's um they're going to be available obviously on the streaming platforms as well as in physical copy yeah and we'll also have physical as well cds and we'll be producing um single cds of the uh the two singles as well. Yeah, nice. All right, yeah. You got it all going for you guys. Good luck with it. Um, you know, I mean, you know, we all do this because we love it, as we've, we've already spoken about. So just please keep on creating killer heavy metal Queensland and Sunshine Coast style. Love what you guys are doing. So, uh, yeah, all the best with it. Thank you, man. Thank you very much, man, and thanks for the interview. Well, there you have it, the conversation between myself and the brothers, Tass and Toli Hadoulis from the Sunshine Coast-based Killer metal outfit, warrior within. If you like that conversation and you want to hear many more, go across to scarsandguitars.com. Well, actually, don't go there just yet because the website isn't quite complete. Go to scarsandguitars.net and open up the podcast tab and you can search for your favorite artist in the Wooshka widget. I'd appreciate it if you could like, subscribe, and share. You know I don't like asking you for all of that sort of stuff and the bumpers here, but uh, if I don't ask, then I haven't asked. You know what I'm saying? And therefore, you don't know that it's something that I might want you to do. Anyway, you know what to do. You know that also I appreciate that you've tuned in. It means a lot. Support heavy metal in all its various shapes and forms. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. It's goodbye for now.